faithwire.com. Well, a big update in the hostages in Haiti, and it's one that we are thanking God for. Today is Thursday, December 16, 2021. I'm Dan Andros. We'll have that top story and more on today's 4 and 3 podcast from CBN's Faithwire. Four big stories, three things you need to know about them all from a Christian perspective. That's what we do here. You can find us on iTunes. We're here Monday through Friday. Would love to have you join us. With me today, Trey Gons Phillips from CBN's Faithwire.com with a look at what's coming up. What's going on, Trey? Hey, Dan. You know, it's not as exciting when you just say my name. I know. I should say Billy. Billy. No, Billy has uh, some some obligations, a prior commitment that he must tend to. So he is not with us today, but he shall be back. We'll let it slide. We'll let it slide. He escaped. (laughs) I always joke about how I make them stay here on the podcast with me, but He's escaped today. He's escaped. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to hearing more about the Haiti story because, unsurprisingly, it's not getting a whole lot of mainstream uh, shocking. attention. Shocking. Uh, but it's it's great news, uh, and we're certainly are rejoicing uh, with them for that. And so we'll get into those details uh, in, a, in a minute. But I'm also going to be talking about uh, Chris Pratt. Mm. And Joe Rogan has a theory about why leftists I think he's right. don't like him. I think he's so right. So we'll get into that. Yeah, I think Rogan's on to something there. We're also <laughs> going to have a, an update on these uh, tornadoes. Some some small miracles happening in there um, that I think you'll want to hear about that involve a Bible and um, someone who's... Yeah, that's a crazy story. Yeah, it's a crazy story in, in all of the wreckage. So we will have all that and more uh, on the podcast today. And so we're going to start right here with story number one and a huge update with the hostages in Haiti. Of course, as you know, um, back on October 16th, had uh, 17 missionaries, Christian missionaries, were kidnapped while traveling to a Haitian orphanage. Um, 16 are U.S. citizens. One is a Canadian, and some were children as young as eight months old, and uh, were taken by the notorious 400 Mawozo gang. Well, a Haitian police spokesman announced today that Um, A kidnapping gang that I just mentioned has finally released all remaining hostages um, and they are now free. And the group said, Christian Aid Ministries, they said, we glorify God for answered prayer. Um, The remaining 12 hostages that that were left after a few of them had been released are now free. And they said, join us in praising God that all our 17 uh, uh, loved ones are now safe. They said, thank you for your fervent prayers throughout the past two months. We hope to provide more information as we are able. And then they quoted a verse, Exodus 15, 1, I will sing unto the Lord for he hath triumphed gloriously. Um, That was all included in the statement. Um, So they were demanding, this this, um, gang was demanding a million dollars for each victim. That would be $17 million. That's a lot of money. And so they released three hostages uh, after letting two of the hostages go last month. So um, so there were at least five of them had been released without incident. I mean, other than being kidnapped. <laughs> um, but no details have been released on whether or not that ransom was paid. I mean, I think that's kind of be the big question. Obviously, I think as we suspected, Trey, uh, that they weren't saying much on purpose, obviously, they didn't right. want to agitate or, or do anything to cause a misstep here. They just wanted to get through this thing. So it was understandable that not a lot of information was coming out. So I'm sure we are going to hear as they get 
you know, released to safety, I'm sure we're going to hear more um, about what actually happened. And so, of course, we're going to keep posting on that. But as you mentioned, you know, you're not seeing the massive reaction in the media today, <laughs> um, which they kind of lost interest in the story anyway, um, you know, where they were focused on other things. But, you know, this is uh, number two here. This is an ongoing thing in Haiti. And, and a lot of people have commented that you got to know where you're going. I know Billy interviewed Mitch Album, who does a lot of work in um, Haiti. His, his story is incredible, by the way, of how he became a yeah that is wild to run a, I did not a, know that. yeah to run a haitian orphanage it just kind of fell in his lap and so he's been doing that but he said it and i know kate bartow is a christian missionary we mentioned she said it as well that you got to know where you're going and that this area was known mm. to be very dangerous so i'm um, not sure what happened exactly there but um you know obviously this is something that happens you know church groups are sounding alarm bells for other missionaries um, we had Bruce and Marie, Mary, Melissa Vernon. They told CBN News that the embassy had asked all American missionaries to leave Haiti due to gang violence and rising economic turmoil. Of course, they had their president assassinated a few months back. So um, it's just, you know, it's just, it's just, it's tough in Haiti because obviously you want to help people. They're such a poor country. Um, but at the same time, it's incredibly dangerous. So where do you find that balance? You don't want to just say, well, it's dangerous. We don't want to help. But you also don't want to put yourself um, needlessly in harm's way. So, um, so yeah. why does it matter? Obviously, look, we're glad that this is the longer it dragged on, it did not seem like it was going to end well. And so for them to all be released, it could have been much, much worse. So why does it matter? Obviously for fellow Christians that are out in the field for this to end this way, it's, it's the best possible outcome, at least that we know of now that that could happen. Yeah, and I just pulled up uh, our post on uh, Facebook about the release. And to your comment, Dan, about the media, uh, one of our, our our fans on Facebook said, why didn't I hear about this in the news? <laughs> uh, and then another person responded and said, I don't know. They don't tell us the good stuff. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but that's what CBN and Faithwire is yes. here for, because we want to follow these stories all the way through, because we know that God works in incredible ways. And I want to be clear to say, regardless of the outcome, we know that God is sovereign and God yeah. is working in, in their lives. And uh, God is using this in some way, even if we don't see, you know, we might ever, never know the details of what it was like for them to have been captured and, and what happened while they were captured. Because, you know, who knows if they're going to want to talk about that. I'm sure it was traumatic. But one thing we can be sure of is that God used it uh, to bring himself glory and hopefully to bring them closer, you know, through the Holy Spirit to himself as well. Um, because we saw so many parents and loved ones who are back here in the States saying, you know, in addition to praying for their release, we're also praying that the gang members might come to know Christ mm. uh, through the whole ordeal and through the experience. So uh, we're looking forward to continuing, as you said, Dan, to cover the story and hopefully hear some details about what it was like. This has happened before, like you said, too. Uh, it was earlier this year, I believe, uh, that uh, a group of Catholic nuns were released by the same gang. Mm -hmm. uh, so they've they've done this repeatedly. Um, so uh, we'll continue to follow it. I'm looking forward to hearing the ways God God worked through them through this whole ordeal and just you know praise God that they're home or on their way home. Yeah, definitely. Amen. So, all right, story number two. So uh, podcast host Joe Rogan, he has a theory about Chris Pratt and particularly the left's seeming hatred <laughs> of him. Hate might be a strong word. Yeah. but uh, ire. How they, about ire? 
ire. Yeah, they really don't like him. And no. it seems to be he's a celebrity that that can breathe and he gets in trouble for breathing. <laughs> uh, so um, Joe Rogan's theory, and this will be number one, the details. Joe Rogan's theory is that Chris P- Pratt is disliked by the left because he's a Christian and a good person. Uh, Rogan said Chris Pratt is kind of outside the lines in term of, terms of his ideology, meaning it's not uh, like the majority of, of Hollywood stars. And Chris Pratt is a, an A-lister. He's a very famous uh, yeah. celebrity. So it's like if you look at Hollywood in tears, uh, there's like the, the B-list actors and nobody cares as, as much about their worldviews and stuff because they're not, they're not bringing in big box office right. films. But Pratt is. Uh, and most of his other cohorts at the top tier of Hollywood are pretty outspokenly progressive and he's pretty apolitical. He doesn't really talk about politics at all, but he does talk about his faith. And that's what Rogan said. Rogan said he's a Christian and he's pretty open about it. And because of that, they attack him. He said, it's something so simple. He just believes in Jesus and he likes to be a good person uh, and they attack him for it. Uh, So the overarching theme of the segment on on Rogan's podcast when he was talking about this uh, was famous people, like I said, particularly actors and top tier actors who are fearful of stepping out of line uh, with the the views that they're supposed to have in Hollywood. And uh, to make his case, he said that, you know, most are scared uh, of stepping out uh, because, quote, even Chris Pratt gets in trouble <laughs> yeah. because he's a Christian. And Rogan said, despite uh, being the nicest guy I've ever met. <laughs> um, so uh, we no. talked about this before, uh, the the Chris Pratt stuff. So in November, uh, Pratt drew all kinds of social media ire. This will be uh, point number two here over a completely innocuous Instagram post. I'm sure, Dan, you remember this. Yes. Uh, he posted about his wife, Catherine Schwarzenegger, uh, and said that he was happy to have their healthy infant daughter. Uh, and some argued quite unreasonably that Pratt's post was actually a dig at his ex-wife, uh, another actor, Anna Ferris, uh, and their son, Jack, who's been dealing with a whole host of, of health issues uh, since birth. That Twitter users just tried to, to tar Pratt's reputation over the post. And ultimately, though, this is the, the really cool part, is that Pratt leaned on his faith and responding to the criticism because it was ridiculous from, from the beginning. I can't imagine why, you know, why would Pratt ever attack his son for having health issues that are completely and totally outside of his control? Uh, Really? I think the read is, is Pratt was saying, I know what it's like to have a kid who has health issues. And I'm grateful that, that our daughter doesn't have to deal with that. Uh, But Pratt said he was pretty down and depressed after the entire ordeal. And he actually said he went on a run, listened to Christian music, and he said that he could feel God and he could feel the Holy Spirit in that moment. He said, it really captured me. And so I just want to say all glory to God. And that was his only response. He didn't get down in the mud and fight with people. He just leaned on his faith. And, you know, based on Rogan's theory, that's what's getting him in trouble. But it's the... It's the right response, and that's why it matters, is that he's doing the right things, and he's not hes not doing anything controversial. Uh, but the, the fact of the matter is, is that the truth of the gospel is offensive. And as believers, we know that because it says we're not in control uh, of our destinies, of our, of our futures. That's up to God. That's the Holy Spirit. We have to, to 
to succumb to that and and humble ourselves. And I think that's offensive to our culture. That is all, you know, me focused. I can make the decisions. I can call the shots. That's always going to ruffle people's feathers. And I think that's why Pratt's getting attacked just because he's willing to say, I'm not in control. There's a higher power. His name is God. His name is Jesus. Uh, And, and everybody is going to have to bow to him eventually. Uh, And that's a controversial message in today's culture. Yeah, I, I think I think Rogan's onto something here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I do think that, and whether a lot of people that are in the secular, whether they recognize that or not, it's probably more subconscious on their part. But mm-hmm. you know, the Bible has a way to do that. Confronts you in your sin, and you feel convicted in your sin. And there's a defensive reaction to that that most people have, and. It's hard enough when you're a Christian and you're trying to submit to God's will and to God's plan for your life and to avoid sin. It's hard enough as a Christian who's trying to follow that, right? But imagine being someone on the secular side of thing. You get confronted with your sin, but you don't even care about God and and following anything it says in the Bible. You are just going to react with hostility. I mean, it just makes logical sense, right? You're going to have no reason to have any restraint. And so... And so I think it makes natural sense that you you see this sort of reaction to him and this sort of simmering underneath the surface sort of visceral reaction to Chris Pratt, who, when there's no logical reason for it, like, as (laughs) Joe said, he's the nicest guy. What are you guys doing? You know, but it's, you know, so when you're confronted with truth, I think of scripture, I think it can, it can have that effect. People can be defensive about it at first. And I think, too, something to remember as Christians is we don't have it all figured out. It's not like we we get it right all the time either, uh, because we know from Scripture, it says that the heart is deceptive above above all things. Mm -hmm. So our natural inclination is to do exactly what the secular world does, right, is to be to be hostile toward sort this faith. And the only reason that we are different, the only reason Chris Pratt is different is because he's been changed by the Holy Spirit. So that's something that's completely and totally outside of our ability to fix. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I, I commend Pratt for always, at least yeah. usually, having a, a good sound response and just not getting in the mud. Because I'm, I'm sure with somebody as big, as famous as he is, with as big a platform as he has, it would be easy to get in the mud and kind of throw punches back. Uh, but he's done a good job of, of kind of staying out of that. Yeah. Yeah. And it may be a good pro tip and be, I don't know, he's probably, hopefully he's not actually on Twitter. I know he has an account. Just be off. Just get off social media. Right. Just it's get not out worth of there. It. Let, let your team deal with that and just uh, move on with life. Move on.com. So, yeah, good story there um, because I think Joe's right. I think he's yeah. largely spot on. So, all right, let's go to story number three here and take a look at, um, you know, obviously we had these devastating tornadoes kind of rip through the Midwest and Kentucky. And, you know, there's just so much devastation. But we did talk about this week some of the positive things that people were doing to help, like the the gentleman who drove his truck uh, from Tennessee and was cooking food for people on his grill just because he said, quote, it was the right thing to do. And we're seeing other signs of kind of God using things to and situations to show that he's still with us. And uh, Tommy Jackson's one of those guys, and he lost his home, his wallet all of his possessions, but he still believes that the Lord is, quote, watching over him. He's 65 years old, and he told reporters uh, that he suddenly had no way of getting money after his bank was destroyed. 
Um, and he also had no ID or credit cards because that all went away in the in the twister as well in Mayfield, Kentucky, where he's at. And um, so basically everything leveled, just completely gone. His whole life just deleted from, you know, uh, on paper at least, just deleted all of a sudden. What do you do in that situation? Well, being a little bit into despair, he discovered something super important amid the piles of destruction, and that was his family Bible. And t- tucked inside the Bible was Jackson's birth certificate, a key form of an ID, obviously, that um, will be really needed as he goes to rebuild his life in the coming days and weeks and months. And he said that the presence of the Lord is watching over me. Uh, and so uh, just a great little sign there. In spite of all that loss, his birth certificate was preserved inside of his family Bible. Um, that was weird that he put it in there, but I mean, hey. There it was. Um, So, but he did, I mean, he saw his home being destroyed right in front of him, uh, but his faith is remaining strong. Um, He doesn't know what he's going to do next um, or where he's going to go, but, uh, and he was in a shelter earlier this week, but he's not panicked. He said, I trust in the Lord. That's what he told the AP. Um, And so, you know, it's just, it's just crazy. It's just crazy how everything unfolded, Um, you know, the storms going through and just, just, it's hard to imagine just everything going away like that. You know, he said he, he said he was inside his home when it happened and the door front door blew off. All the windows smashed in. The roof suddenly just flew away and, you know, just total destruction unfolding all around him. And so the Bible was one of the only things he was able to retrieve from the site of his, his former home. So, you know, you got at least about a hundred fear dead right now. And obviously we'll continue praying for them, but, but nice to see at least a little sign of hope in the midst of all the destruction there uh, with the tornadoes. Yeah, yeah that's it. I mean, what an incredible story. Yeah. And we hear so many of these stories that don't just like really don't make any sense. Uh, but after all of these kinds of disasters, obviously we wish they, they never happened. Right. But when they do, you can still see glimpses of hope, like you said, of God working in individual lives and bringing restoration in some way. Like we had that story a few days ago about the only thing left that, that seemed to be still standing in this man's house was his piano. Yep. Uh, so he sat down and just played a gospel song at his piano, and there was no roof on, on the house at all, and debris everywhere. Uh, but he had his priorities in the right place, or at least maybe he was trying to, to get his priorities back in the right place mm. by, by playing a worship song. So uh, there are always these incredible stories and it's just at faith where in cban we try to pull those out um and two i know you mentioned this dan yesterday on the podcast but operation blessing our the the charity arm of cbn is is in kentucky working with people uh, and there's one quote from a pastor i just pulled up the uh, forgive me if you mentioned this yesterday uh, but it's a quote that a pastor gave CBN about why he's grateful Operation Blessing is in Kentucky. He said, they're like the name says, they've been a blessing to us. They've mm. provided us the means to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to take the goods we have received from them uh, that they've donated to us and get them out to the community as soon as possible. And that's really what it's about, is right? Is, is local communities of believers just being the church. And we see so many of those stories. So we're, we're going to try to highlight as many as, as we can. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I'm over on Operation OB.org right now, Operation Blessing. And they have an alert up there if you want to help. Um, a little pop up there that you can donate to the disaster relief efforts. We've got teams on the ground there in Kentucky. 
they're they're providing immediate relief, assessing the damage and seeing what else they can do in the long term. Um, and so you can donate there and and help with the rapid response teams and uh, help the efforts uh, from Operation Blessing there. And then they've got, you know, some of these pictures up now that are just, you know, again, all of it's so stunning. And you see about how f- people's houses and lives are destroyed. So um, as Christians, this is where mm-hmm. we're called to step into the gap. Um, when you're not the ones yeah. that that's uh, that are hit, that we can we can we can help others in, in the middle of uh, of their trials and and be a blessing to them, and honestly share the gospel. That's what's great about Operation Blessing is they're not omitting Jesus out of these efforts. In fact, they put him central to it. Right. So, all right, that is all the time we have for this episode. We're thankful that you're here, and um, hopefully Billy's back tomorrow. We'll see if we can get Hallowell back on the program. <laughs> But uh, until then, head on over to cbnnews.com, faithwire.com for more news from a Christian perspective. God bless. Have a great rest of the day. See you tomorrow.